Hello and welcome to Yerushalmi Peah, Daf Yud Aleph. Um, we're actually going to be referring back to Daf Yud predominantly. It's a short blot, but one quick thing. So the Mishnah um, says that when a person gives Peah, Mishnah says that he doesn't have to just wait till the end of his harvest, but he can even do it from the beginning or the middle. And then there's a machogus in the Mishnah whether he has to give something at the end. So I want to just talk about that for, for in, in two different aspects. So the Gemara brings all these different rayas. Liktsar, what does that mean to, to, to reap? So it means at any time, whenever you're reaping, you're allowed to, you're allowed to give peah, beginning, middle, and end. So there's a famous thing that the Sfarim bring down about mayim rishonim and mayim machornim when a person eats a meal, and the Ramchal talks about this in Derech Hashem that when a person eats a meal, he's supposed to remind himself of Hashem, and especially at a time of eating, it's very we're prone to forget. So therefore, when we eat the meal, what we do is um, first before we eat the meal, we wash our hands, or mekadish the, the meal for Hashem, and then afterwards we're mahapichit, back to Hashem, with washing our hands again, mayim aviyisim kedoshim, etc., and also, like the Ramchal says, when we bench, we're also mahapichit, back to Hashem. I remember my sister and I were at a meal at a someone's house, a family friend in Eretz Yisrael, and there was a woman there who was a Holocaust survivor, and she taught us a very beautiful lesson. We really, it was a very delicious meal. The person was a caterer, and a great and a great caterer, and um, the woman benched with such kavanah, it was amazing and beautiful. And my sister and I both asked her, like, you know, where did you learn to bench like that? And she said, obviously, I went through the Holocaust and I appreciate life more. But she said that the more delicious the meal is, the more I have to thank Hashem for longer and longer and longer. And it was just such a positive and beautiful message, which which is the point of benching. So according to the Shita that says, um, which is the second opinion of Yehuda and the Mishnah, the way the Grah and other people explain it, um, is that you have to give pay at the end. Because at the end of the field, you have to bring back the field to Hashem. The other opinions say no, that if you gave it at the beginning and you gave it in the middle, that's also fine. But the idea is that we're turning it back towards Hashem, like we um, like we mentioned from the Chinuch, that here we're dealing with planting the field, and we want to make sure that we um, that we are recognizing that everything comes from Hashem. And like the Chobos Alvova says, um, that we are a gizbar to watch over this money, and we have our obligations to share. Um, and so what I wanted to say was that um, that's a large part of what we're trying to talk about here, whether you give it at the beginning, middle, or end. Now, again, some of the Farsham also explain that if you were only allowed to give it at the beginning or the middle, then a dishonest farmer might, someone might come to their field and say, hey, where's the pay? And he would say, oh, I already separated it before. And so, therefore, we made a rule, according to Rehuda's opinion, that he has to give it at the end so that he can't kind of squirm out of it. But I want to just go back to the Mishnah on Daf Yud for a moment in the Ozara print. Aim pokes on the pay of Mishishim. You have to give one sixtieth, even though the Mishnah just said that it's Elam Shir. Afalpi Sha'amru in the Payashir. Hakolofi Goldalasada. Now listen to these words. And there's there's a Mahogas I don't want to say bobbing your shami, but there's a Mahogas Girsos. And if you look at the Mishnahis, you'll see different words here, but pay very close attention because Girsa makes a big difference. Hakolofi Godal Hasada, which seems to mean everything depends on how big your field is. Ulafi um Ha'anim, and according to the amount of poor people there are, which is a whole discussion of the Gemara later on. That we had, ulafiha nava. Now you and I, whenever we hear the word ana, we think of ourselves. We think of humility, which is most of the actually say that's not what it means. But there are some rishonim that do translate it. It means according to humility, and that's a lesson in itself. That when you give tzedakah, you should be humble because that will definitely help. Like the Gemara says, gogel hu It's a it's a sulam. You might be at the top in one moment, but then you could be at the bottom. And someone said, why are you being so generous to me and giving tzedakah? And he said, because I want you to be generous. With, I want your grandchildren to be generous with my grandchildren when they're collecting from yours. It's Gilgal HaChoser Ba'olam with people that have money and don't have money. So there's a three-way machlokas about how to read these last words. Does it say Lofi Rova or Rova Anava? 
which again, and you translate, how do you translate the word anava? Most people say it means how much stocks you have. But then what's the difference between that and go de la sada? You'll look at the Mepharshim, you'll find a very interesting thing. Um, but the word um, anava, some people translate it with a base, which means kernels, etc. But the bottom line is that there is this element of looking at what you actually have and sharing accordingly, according to everybody, and humility, which whether you translate lofi rov anava or anava, whether you have the word rov, the, the rav seems to also leave out the word rov. Ayin Sham Tosis Yantiv talks about this as well in that Mishnah. It's a Parak Aleph Mishnah base, the second Mishnah. But um, it's certainly good to be humble when it comes to giving tzedakah. Have a great day.